Welcome to the More Deadly Podcast, where we review horror movies directed exclusively by women-identified directors that prove that the female of the species is more deadly than the male. More Deadly is a trans-inclusive podcast where we celebrate the work of cis and trans women, as well as non-binary filmmakers who are comfortable being included in a space that centers the work of women. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me is the always lovely, the grown-up in the room, (laughs) as I always say. It's the one and only Ariel. Hi. <laughs> How are you doing, Ariel? Are you hanging I'm in doing, there? Yeah, I'm doing good. Doing good. Very excited okay. about today. Yes. And there's good reason to be excited because we are not alone. We have very, very special guests joining us today. I am so excited to introduce everybody to the amazing co-host of Nightmare on Fifth Street, the one and only Alma and Dahlia. <laughs> Thank you so much. For so charming, so smart, so much fun to hang out with via podcast. I can't believe we're getting to do this for realsies. Well, we're excited. Thank you so much. I just want to say, first of all, y'all are so professional. Oh, <laughs> oh nice. I feel like your your intro. Here. Yeah, your intro is like, so beautiful, Ariel. Oh. Don't be too impressed. <laughs> Uh, no, I love it. I love every. I love. I love it all. The the whole thing. Ariel sent us a nice outline beforehand, and we're all set up. And of course, you have that beautiful intro. And then I'm like, what do I do? Am I sing a little bit at the beginning of our intro? <laughs> I, I stop you from doing it most of the time. But thank you for that lovely introduction. Maybe we'll we'll, we'll steal it. What you just said. Put it on the beginning of our show. Do it. Perfect. <laughs> I will say, though, we are not opposed to you breaking into song on this show. Like, we're not ready for this to be the first ever musical episode. <laughs> Don't tempt her. <laughs> I'm tempting. <laughs> yeah, I'm just so happy to have you guys on here. I discovered your podcast, I think, maybe a year or so ago when you guys did a guest spot on Afro Horror. And you were talking about, I want to say, the people under the stairs. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. That episode was so good. You guys were so funny and insightful. And I, I oh. loved how much you love that movie because it's definitely a favorite of ours. We adore mm-hmm. that movie. Mm-hmm. And then I started listening to your regular podcast. And then when I saw you were doing, you were covering women in horror for your new season, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, we got to get them on the show. <laughs> it's perfect. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. For thank you. Really, really thank you. It. Mm-hmm. I love that. I did love that movie a lot. I was, it's really hard to bite my tongue because I'm like, we're a guest here. Your guest, <laughs> don't well, just say everything that's on your mind. <laughs> I can talk about this movie for two hours, and that's much longer than the length of it. And that's usually how it goes. It's like we can talk about the movie that we're covering like much longer than the length of the actual movie. It, whether we really love it or like it, we can right. always find something. I think that, <laughs> 
wonderful about everything. I'll, I'll say this now. Say whatever you want tonight because we are excited to hear your opinions, all of them. Yeah, definitely. Because when you guys go sort of off the rails a little bit in your episodes, it always cracks me up too. Like you guys did um, one of my favorite movies of all time, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane recently. And when one of you, I can't remember who suggested that you should do a sequel to that movie about the doll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That cracked me up so much. It's such a good idea. And that's a great movie too. Yeah, I love is. that movie. And um, you don't normally think of that as horror, which I guess you you. But it, it was originally, I guess, uh, advertised as I can't remember exactly, like a thriller horror or something yeah. like that. But it's like it is everything that's happening in that is what you see in other horror movies, and that's absolutely I don't know. yeah, yeah. It's a good one. Yes, it's a movie that I've definitely seen. <laughs> If it's black and white, Rachel probably hasn't seen it. That is not true. You've made me watch like three. So. Okay. All right. <laughs> Love that. I should watch it. I know I should watch it. I mean, for just the costumes alone, I should watch it. But that Oh, that. True. Yes, for certain. <laughs> the hair, makeup, just it's like a feeling, you know. I always said I want to have that like same mentality when I'm older, just kind of like with a robe, walking around the house, half makeup done and just no bra, know, like, just letting everything just, swing. Yes. Oh, that's the dream. <laughs> okay, you're officially invited to our retiree compound. <laughs> that is going to be the vibe. <laughs> Awesome. Okay, so obviously we're big fans of your show, but in case somehow our listeners have made the massive error of not listening to your show before, why don't you tell us a little bit about the vibe there, like what you guys do, um, so that they can get as obsessed with it as we are. Oh, my sister, thank you. Um, she likes to put me on the spot like that. <laughs> actually, I'm pretty good at talking about our, our show because I, I like to give a little background how we how we handle things. We're kind of like a recap movie podcast. We started off, my sister was looking for something for us to do during the pandemic. And it was, hey, um, I've got this great idea for you. And she, she springs these things on me and scares me. <laughs> and, <anxiety laughs> up and I'm like, what is she talking about? And she's like a podcast. And I was like, e-. but she was like, but horror movies. And I'm like, oh, Okay, uh. <laughs> since we were little, it was kind of a thing that we did. We just really like discussing movies, and we used to tell each other like the latest movie in kind of like a story form. Oh, and nice. this is that's just kind of how she thought of the idea for the podcast. So I used to tell her every movie I saw at every detail, and she'd just listen, and then she'd go watch it. You know, if she thought it was interesting, and she did the same thing. <laughs> And I love to bring up that she actually called me from Alaska to tell me after she saw the Blair Witch Project and told me everything. And then I was like, I need to see this movie in the theater. And I did. <laughs> that's that's kind of like so how the show goes. It's like us discussing it, but we really, really love to discuss uh, everything that we find interesting. And I think it, yeah. it gives a, a good perspective because Dahlia notices different things than I do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're not even on the same page of liking the movie or not but what we really want to get across is that you know the the detail of it what we felt was like the meaning or what we found meaning in it or if it was just like fun and entertainment yeah, yeah. it's really just us sitting and and what we get a lot from people who listen to us is like they're just having a conversation with friends about a movie. Yeah. And that's really kind of, cause we are not critics by any means. I mean, like we listen to y'all, we listen to other podcasts and y'all like 
are really well versed in research and all that. And me and Almar are just like, I'm like, uh, who was it? Who was it? The the who was the the main actor in this one again? <laughs> it's like I have no idea. I just love talking about the movies. It's so fun, and that's really all it is. It's just like friends, you know, turn us on and and listen to us. Like I do it with with other podcasts, and other people tell us they do it with us. It's like they're just talking right back at us, you know. Yes. Um, <laughs> listening to the podcast because we're all talking about movies, you know, agreeing or disagreeing, and um. Uh, and then, like like you had mentioned, like stories, we we just inject a little bit of ourselves in there, or maybe a mm. lot, because that's why they run so long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's I the best that. part. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I love that. I totally am someone who has like parasocial relationships with all of my podcasts. So it's like very strange. I'm like, oh my God, you guys are talking back. <laughs> Normally, I'm the ghost in the room commenting <laughs> where no one can hear me. Yeah, so. Awesome. Okay. Everybody should definitely, definitely check that out. Okay. So we like to kind of get your perspective. So when we get into this movie and we're reviewing it, you know, they're just getting to know you. So they don't know totally like what your, your preferences are when it comes to movies. So I would love to know from each of you, what are some movies that you just horror movies specifically that Mm -hmm. you just absolutely love? Um, I guess I'll go first since I put Alma on the spot. But the reason I put Alma on the spot, I'll just say real quick uh, to defend myself. Um, I talk a lot. So I try <laughs> to make sure that I put her front and center as much as possible because I tend to like just talk and talk and talk. But anyways, so as far as horror movies, okay, it's a bit controversial, but mm-hmm. I really love uh, The Devil's Rejects. It's just oh, my okay. absolute. Yeah, it's one of my favorite movies. I rewatched it the other day. I mean, I could watch that a million times and never get tired of it. And yeah, I, I understand why it's not up there with some people, but I just, I love the movie. I'm at the end crying like, oh my God, <laughs> going out in a blaze of glory in any movie for me is going to make me cry. Free bird will get you. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Great soundtrack. That's really what it is, really. But that would probably be my absolute favorite. And another uh, one that's kind of a little different is Repo Genetic Opera love that movie mm, and I know awesome. Alma loves it too because she loves musicals <laughs> <laughs> but those, those I think are my favorites <laughs> I have to be careful because if I get that Zytrate song stuck in my head it is a wrap for like a month I'm just like <laughs> oh my god yeah a little glass right? vial a little glass vial no I can't do it I'm, I'm going down the slippery slope it's happening right now <laughs> it's so good <laughs> How about you, Alma? What are what are your favorites? Recently, I was trying to make a list. I, I just can't do it. I, Dali knows I'm a big list maker when it comes to movies, like movies I'm going to watch, movies I love. And I I think it's just, it's really difficult for me to name like one or two movies. But I do love to watch a movie that I can, can kind of put on a few times in a row. And The Thing is one of them. Oh, I absolutely yeah. love horror. Top two. And it's just something that about it. I saw it at the theater too, because they had the anniversary. It came out and I was, oh my God, I had my t-shirt. I'm sitting there front row. And just, it just, it's a, I love that movie. Everything about it is just like the effects and everything. And then I will watch Night of the Living Dead just over and over. Me too. And um, I love Freddy. I'm just like a Nightmare on Elm Street and Dream Warriors. I can just, those two is something I think he's funny. He's hilarious to me. And I'll just be sitting there like, I get you. <laughs> 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 you. <laughs> and it's kind of silly, but I think like oh, for 
all of them. And then I do love like some of those things that people would be like, oh my gosh, I cannot watch that. I like, I like to do a marathon of movies. So of course I watch Final Destination Marathon, Halloween Marathon, and I could do those and the Chucky, the Chucky yeah. movies just repeatedly those i love marathon movies it's like something i'm i'm not gonna watch one i'm gonna watch like all of them (laughs) (laughs) i love that well those all have such good rewatchability i feel like especially when you watch them in order like that especially the chucky i'm i love yeah i'm staring at a tiffany doll right now that showed up on my porch today (laughs) she's got a full-size tiffany and a full-size chucky now i'm so jealous oh Oh my gosh i I got chills to see this I've got chills because I'm getting one. I have, yes. um, well, the full size one, I'm going to get mine in a couple of weeks. And I'm so excited. <gasps> wow. The unveiling. I love this. So cool. This is that awesome. is, that oh is so my God. That is, that is so cool. Beautiful. I love it. Beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Let's see. I have, I only have little, little Tiffany back there. Oh, <laughs> I can see that. Tiffany. Nice. <laughs> another little Chucky, but I was like for a long time. I'm like I need I need the full size, and I have cats everywhere. So um, my husband was saying, as soon as you know where you can put them, that the cats aren't going to destroy them. Oh we'll yeah, get them. you got to keep the cats away. <laughs> okay, yeah, so not this- as cool as you, but I have my little knitted. <gasps> oh my uh, gosh, from Rejects. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so cool. They're perfect. Wow, are I'm always so impressed with how much detail you can get in knit like that. It's- Amazing. Did you make them? No, no, or... no. This is from uh, what is her her handle Tales on from the Stitch? Oh, yes. we from love the... her. Of course, yes. of course. Yes. I was wondering. Yes. She makes the most amazing stuff. Yes, mm-hmm. and like you said, the detail is just—it's the detail. Amazing. Yeah, because she. I want I a time machine so I can get the Ratma. I want to go back when the Ratma was still that. available, was so, so I can cool. buy that. <laughs> yeah, that was a commission one. Every one on there is like just it's a beautiful. A uh, piece of art. Dalia had her make us Katrinas for our that matched our um our logo. So oh I have one gosh. too, and the detail is Whoa. just incredible. It it's beautiful. That's amazing. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm super oh impressed. Gosh. What a talent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. No kidding. <laughs> I know. I wish I had talent, but I just have a podcast. I, That's it. I would argue that you have talent on your podcast, but that, you know, Thank you. <laughs> amazing. Okay, so who is your favorite woman identified horror director? So I, I'll share a couple yeah, real quick, please. So Gigi Saul Guerrero, yes. I really love her. Obviously, she's you know Mexicana, so I'm going to mm-hmm. be like you know standing over here. I finally got to meet her. At, you did uh, fantastic oh, fest, yeah, in person, and I got a picture with her. I was so excited. But the reason I was first drawn to her is um, not just because you know we're both Latina, but also she does gore. And Alma and I were big fans of like practical effects and yes. um, all, and so and just gore, just over the top gore. And Gigi does that so well. She just goes for it. And I absolutely love that. She has uh, a couple of feature lengths and then she has um, some shorts and they're all just really, really good. Um, but I absolutely love her for just going for it. Um, one of my favorite is like a really early uh, short of hers. Um, oh gosh, I wish I could remember the name. Um, I'll get it to you, I guess, maybe so that you can maybe share it with you. Yeah, yeah. Listeners. Yes. But it's, it's about this mask, uh, this, you know, face mask she puts on her face. Um, and it was like really early on. I think she was still in college when she did it. And it was so well done, the practical effects for that, that people thought it was 
real what was going on in this short. It's like oh, maybe like not even five minutes. Um, she's <gasps> That's so peeling cool. off the face mask off her face and 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 it's just like she went for it. It was so awesome. So um, if people can find that one, it's just so you could see kind of her work there. So yeah, she just really goes for it. And then recently we discussed the movie. Um, I always mess up movie titles. Alma can help me with this. The, a girl who walks home. Alma. A girl um, who. A girl who walks home alone at night. Yeah. So Anna and- Lily Amirpour, fantastic. Um, yeah. She's also done a few episodes for like uh, what was it? Uh, Twilight Zone and something else recently. I can't remember. And she just really great does uh, series episodes. And I did also want to mention that she is right now just being very vocal and using her Instagram specifically platform to talk about what's going on in Iran with all the protests. So I just think she's awesome for kind of the work she puts out there. Mm -hmm. And then using her platform, you know, she is of Iranian descent. Um, Her parents were from there. So and, you know, speaking out about, you know, what's going on with, you know, the against the women and the protests and she's really helping to spread that information out there so I just think that's really awesome of her to be doing that right now yeah she's amazing Mm -hmm. I love her I've loved I haven't seen the Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon yet but everything else I've seen by her is incredible I think maybe did she do some of the segments in the new upcoming Guillermo del Toro yes yeah so exciting (laughs) amazing (laughs) Okay, well, those are all absolutely fantastic suggestions. <laughs> they're, they're, I could not agree more. How about you, Alma? Do you have uh, some women directors that you love? Yes, I would. I would say because where I was thinking of like new, and I had this big thing. Like I, I kind of into genre films, and I've kind of been stuck in only watching like one kind of movie. And because of Thalia, I started like branching out, you know, and watching uh, more like outside or right on the fence like what like including sci-fi because that was one area that I just never like well sci-fi I'm not gonna watch that or anything but more serious films that are more like drama and Dalia got me to watch uh Tigers Are Not Afraid and Issa Lohan's movie oh yes good and there was there was something about it that was so great that it made me start to seek out other types of films that were more on the serious note. I think I was just kind of just trying to find things that you could kind of space out and just enjoy for pure entertainment, nothing too serious. And I was really avoiding it because it seemed like for a couple of years with the state of America and everything, I hate to be so serious, but it was like, no, that's real. It was like depressing. And when I want to turn something on, I want it. I just wanted it to just be fun. But because of that, it was like I got into looking at other films that were more to do with drama, more serious films that had a little bit more like heart in them, a little bit more substance in them than just putting something on that was just, oh, let's see how many kills hack the hatchet is going to, you know, come up with this. <laughs> but beautiful. And then seeing Ania DaCosta's Candyman was next year. It was just that was just probably like the best movie I'd seen in last year. And I just loved it so much that I'm like, we need more of this. It was, it was just, it really just kind of blew me away. The, the, it was just well-made directed everything about it. The, the mood just was incredible. And I've just been waiting to see what else are we going to do? 
just waiting. Yeah, yeah. Th- those are both great picks. And I'm really excited because Issa Lopez is actually directing the next season of True Detective, which is yes, really exciting. Right. I because <laughs> I missed oh that. God. Oh, yeah. God, that's fun. Oh, yeah, I, I think she that. might be a showrunner too or something. So I'm really excited to see what else Amazing. comes out of her head. <laughs> yeah, Tigers Are Not Afraid is definitely one of our favorites. It's so good. Yeah. Ugh. And I mean, Candyman, that was such an entertaining movie. It was so beautiful. <laughs> And well, it, it kills was, it too. Great. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. It was so great <laughs> because I was like, I don't want to watch a remake of something or because I'm also one of those people that can be annoying. Uh-huh. Like, I, I, get I that. like the original, you know, but, but <laughs> I was like, I was willing, you know, to just, okay, I'm just going to, you know, go in there with my, you know, mind open and receptive. And I, I loved it. So <laughs> it was great. that's awesome I love that we're able to come up with so many different women in horror and women of color that you mentioned like there was a time we we just talked to Rachel Talalay the other day and we talked about just how much things have changed and how for so long it was like a blackout no women were directing horror so to know how many there are now and that like we all can come up with different names so easily is I don't know it's really inspiring and and you're right, like times are dark. <laughs> so we have to cling to these moments. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's something positive. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So what are some films you think people are sleeping on? A favorite that you have that either people don't talk about or maybe they should give another shot. Things that just are not getting the kind of appreciation you guys think they deserve. I'll mention one really quick because it was on my on my Twitter feed for mm-hmm. a few days that people had not been seeing his house. And that mm-hmm. was such an incredible movie to me. I caught it. I think it was, I think it's on Netflix and it's leaving Netflix. And Netflix. yeah, it's somebody had put the announcement that this film is leaving. And I think it was on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I, when I saw that movie, I made it like a personal goal. I'm going to get everybody that I know to watch this movie. I remember sitting down with my oldest son, making him watch it. Um, I made my <laughs> awesome. husband sit down and watch it. She and really does him. that too. She's not I just saying that. that. She makes everybody come and sit down. And she yes. stares at them while she watches yes. while they watch. I want to make sure they're enjoying it. You know, enjoying their reaction. <laughs> okay, that's correct. Uh, and so I, that movie was so, uh, it was it was so wonderful and it, it, it kind of escaped me that maybe some people hadn't heard of it or seen it and it, it it's leaving. So it's got like a week left of wherever it's on. And the only reason I knew it was leaving was because of Twitter. And so now I've been telling my friend, make sure you watch his house before it leaves, because this is a great film and apparently not a lot of people have seen it. So, yeah, you know, that's, I, a, that's I a good one. It. I think that one suffered from the timing of when it came out. Because I believe right. it came out right at the beginning of 2020. And I think because the subject matter is so heavy and so dark, a lot of people were just were like, all eh, so dark I'll watch out. that later. Yeah. And then people didn't come back to it. But you're right. It's such a beautiful movie. It's haunting and creepy and so well made. But a lot of people, I think, skipped it, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I remember when it came out, I watched it. I was like you, Alma. I was like, you got to see this. You got to see this. But I had to like give the caveat. It's really sad, but stay with it. But stay <laughs> with it. It'll be okay. Stay with it. I was actually just thinking about it the other day. I was I was shopping. Oh, I was at the mall. I was getting ready to go on a trip. And so I was doing a little shopping. And I was going through the rack. And for some reason, the scene in the mall in that where he's picking out clothes and trying to assimilate. I, it was just like, and it was like a fresh gut punch. 
Like it still hurt. It still hurt all these, like, you know, three years later when I watched it, I was just like, oh God, that movie was so good. So I hope that it's not really leaving Netflix because that would be a shame. Yeah, I know it's for sure leaving UK Netflix and it may be leaving the US one too. I'm not sure. I thought it was a Netflix original. What are they like trying to be HBO Max? What the hell? (laughs) I don't know. Get it together, Netflix. (laughs) All right. How about you, Dahlia? Uh, I guess I'll I'll stay on the Netflix train here. Sweetheart, sweetheart, right, Alma? Yes. Oh, yes, we love that movie. I love that movie, and I I don't think maybe I'm just not on the in the right spaces, but I don't think it gets talked about enough. Yeah, agreed. And the actress, um, she's fantastic in it, and I love that it's completely centered on her. That's why I love this movie mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. It is her. Everything yeah. she's going through. We get glimpses of the other characters, you know, at the beginning and the end, but it's completely centered on her. And it's not just like a horror flake. And, you know, Alma and I joke about it, like the sea monster and all that, but it's her story. And, and we're catching glimpses of her relationship with her boyfriend and, and her best friend. And it's very nuanced and there's so much going on here. And she's just this survivor you know, in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I I really love it. And yeah, so I mean, I even joke with Alma too, because um, we did cover this uh, movie for our podcast. And it's by thousands, by thousands, it is our most listened to episode. Oh, interesting. And I and that's why it, 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 it baffles me because I say I don't hear enough. I don't hear a lot of people talking about it. But for some reason, by thousands, it is our most listened to episode. So someone is is interested yeah. in the movie. I just don't hear, I guess, enough of the conversation. But it is a Netflix, and I think it's still there, right, Alma? Um, but I I really love this movie, and I do enjoy. Um, it's set on on an island on the beach, and it's just beautiful. And so yeah, and then of course the actress and everything. It's just it's just great. I love it. Yeah, yeah that's it has like really one, one of the best monster reveals ever. That like backlit. Oh, it's so good. So good. I mean, it's it's a fun monster movie that also like gets into actual social commentary around like class and race and stuff. It's everything. It's everything. I love that movie. Awesome. All right. Well, speaking of films that you, if not love, at least want to talk about, you guys picked the film Sissy for us to discuss. So tell me a little bit about what made you guys pick this one. Okay. Well, I caught it as soon as it hit Shudder. And I've watched it now five times. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <That's> amazing. <laughs> I, I found it to be one of those movies that I, I, I love when I find a movie that I can watch again and again. And it just kind of, it was that perfect mixture of that. First of all, one of the comments that like one of my family members was walking through the living room was like, wow, this, it looks very vibrant, you know? And then um, just a little comments that I caught from uh, family watching me watch the movie was like, I think that's, that's what it was. It, it has a, the music was kind of a mood in itself. It added to everything. I liked the character. I empathized with her. And, and then it also was like the dark humor in it was great. But most of all, I really felt Cecilia, the character. I mm. felt I could, I was just like in her shoes. I've been in those shoes, you know, the, the, 
the beginning of the movie. So I think it was just more of like something in me kind of just connected with the character. Yeah. And then I just ended up kind of just, just really loving the movie. <laughs> good. Good. Well, I'm excited to talk about it with you. Have you, was this the first watch for you, Dolly, or had you seen this before? No, no. So I actually slept on this a little bit because we had um, received a streamer link to watch this and I requested it so that we could review it. And because I read the description and it's, you know, um, I can't remember both of the directors, but I know at least one of them is is a woman director. And then, you know, the woman color in a starring role. And I wanted to watch this so bad. And then I just got busy. Sure. Oh. I, busy I know the struggle I felt horrible because I specifically reached out to ask for the link to watch this before it started streaming and then when I saw Alma say hey you know how about Sissy I'm like I finally will watch it <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is my first time watching it but I, I I did I really wanted to watch it from the beginning but just didn't and, but I'm so glad I finally did I so identify with that struggle of being like, I'm going to have time for this thing I really want to do. Just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, let's get into this review. So before we go too much further, though, uh, in case there are new listeners here who have followed our lovely guests over, I apologize for our inferior product. <laughs> Ariel, what is our spoiler policy here? All right, guys. So eventually we are going to spoil the entire movie. But first, I'm going to give you some info about the director and the making of the movie. And then we are going to talk about it in non-spoiler terms. So we'll give our general overall thoughts, whether it's worth checking out. And then Rachel is going to give you a warning, at which point everything's up for grabs and we're going to talk about the whole thing. And there are a lot of twists in this movie. So if that's something that would bother you, I would say when Rachel tells you, go ahead and pause it and go to Shutter, watch this, and then come back. All right, Ariel, tell me about the directors, Hannah Barlow and Kane Sinis, and uh, about the making of the movie. All right. So like Rachel just said, this one was written and directed by Hannah Barlow and Kane Sinis, but I'm mostly going to be focusing on Hannah because that's what our podcast is about. So she is an actor and filmmaker from Sydney, Australia. Growing up, she never thought of directing or screenwriting as a possibility because she said that in the 90s and 2000s, directing was so male-dominated that she just didn't feel like it was an option for her. But acting seemed like something she could do, so she started going in that direction. So after graduating from the prestigious National Institute of Dramatic Art, she relocated to L.A. and started acting, and she starred in the anthology series Two Sentence Horror Stories. But eventually she kind of got tired of like waiting around for opportunities to come her way. So she met and fell in love with her creative partner, Kane Senes, and they started talking about making something themselves. So she made her directorial debut with the film For Now, which she also starred in. It's a road trip dramedy that she wrote and directed with Kane. And the film is loosely based on Hannah's real life. It was completely improvised. And actually stars her real-life brother, too. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Next up, they wrote and directed Sissy, the movie we're going to be talking about today. They shot the whole thing in 21 days after only 11 days of pre-production. And then it premiered at South by Southwest in early 2022 and hit Shudder on September 29th of this year. 
So Hannah uh, not only co-wrote and co-directed Sissy, but she also starred as Emma, the childhood best friend of our main character, Cecilia. After making For Now, their first film, they were both super burned out, which led to them wanting to work in the horror genre for their next project. So in an interview Some with- light filmmaking, <laughs> light and breezy. Yeah. <laughs> so just a few little head, just a little head trauma. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Right. <laughs> so in an interview with Bloody Disgusting, Hannah said, quote, we both understand that it is the only genre where you can explore any subject, no matter how taboo, which was so enticing to our writer brains. The challenge invites you to unearth and express what truly frightens you and infect your audience with your unique fear. okay (laughs) they've also said that horror is sort of the only genre where you can go really big and really aggressive with an idea and not have audiences come back and tell you that what you made was super unrealistic so hannah and kane have talked about a few key movies that influenced sissy they listed horror movies like carrie and friday the 13th as well as comedies like mean girls and bridesmaids i feel like you can kind of feel all of those you know, inspirations in this. Mm -hmm. But Hannah actually called Muriel's Wedding, which is also an Australian film, their North Star. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Have you seen it? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, you have seen it. Okay. That it okay. All right. (laughs) So she said that it was always playing on repeat in Australia when she was a kid. And so she's seen it a million times and so had Kane. And it really inspired the tone of the movie and kind of the cringe factor that they added in. Like a lot of those really uncomfortable moments were sort of based on what happens in Muriel's wedding. Because I think a lot of people think of that as just a romantic comedy and it's fluffy, but when you actually watch it, like it's uncomfortable. Oh, it's <laughs> yeah. 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 I, you, you've sold me. I, I was skeptical, but uh, you've sold me. It is. that. It is. <laughs> it is good cringe, but it is cringe. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Sissy's main character is a social media influencer. And in an interview with Eye for Film, Hannah talked about how they were trying to make a slasher that really tapped into what's happening in our culture today. So she said, quote, Just looking at the sort of slasher films which came from the 70s and 80s, that was a time when the world was responding to the Cold War. It was also about the villain being the other in our generation. In the millennial and Gen Z generations, the villain is truly internal. We're exposing ourselves online to our detriment and anxiety is increasing. The suicide rate is increasing and it all comes from self-perception and self-worth. So in order to kind of make a commentary on how social media is affecting my generation, we have to make the villain the protagonist. So I thought that was... That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So some of the mental health and lifestyle guru influencer stuff was actually inspired by Belle Gibson. So if you don't know who that is, Belle Gibson. <laughs> okay. So she's an Australian wellness influencer who was diagnosed with multiple forms of cancer, including malignant brain cancer, oh, that she was successfully treating with diet, exercise, natural medicine, and alternative treatments. And then she donated most of the profits to charity, except that she didn't do that. <laughs> and she never had cancer to begin with. The whole thing was a oh. massive con. Yeah. The story is really interesting. And if you're curious to know more about her, I would suggest checking out the podcast maintenance phase because they did an episode about Belle Gibson and the story oh. is wild. So they, I love that podcast. It's so I good, love right? Check out that episode. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> so in that same interview um, with Ivor Film, Hannah said of the Belle Gibson controversy, in watching that sort of media fire, we started asking the question, well, how did she get put there? 
And it's all of us who are engaging in this toxic behavior that's allowing con artists to emerge in the cracks and take advantage of our weak spots, which is perfectionism. Mm -hmm. So to cast Cecilia, Hannah actually reached out to Aisha D, who she was a fan of after seeing her on the bold type. So Aisha agreed and was really excited to play the title character because she felt sort of a kinship with Cecilia. And apparently she had a lot that she added to the character and she even came up with new lines and ideas on set. And Hannah and Kane just sort of let her run with it because they felt like it actually really worked because she understood the character so well. So Mm. just a couple of fun facts. In the film, there is a scene with, um, shoot, what do you call those? (laughs) Um, a time private and I'll help you okay there we go (laughs) (laughs) there's a scene with a time capsule apparently Hannah had a best friend named Molly who she's still very close with and when they were young they watched the movie Crossroads do you remember that one with Britney Spears and Zoe Zaldana yes I also attended slumber parties in my youth So in that, they bury a time capsule at the beginning and open it at the end. And so she and her friend did the same thing. They put the time capsule in. And then recently, apparently, Molly went and dug up their own time capsule to see what they had left in there. And that kind of inspired that piece of this movie. And they also tried to use as much in-camera practical effects as possible. There is some CGI, which I'm sure everybody noticed, but they worked with Larry I should have looked up how you pronounce this guy's name. Um, oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> let's, let's hear it. <laughs> they worked with Larry Von Dienhoven from Scarecrew Studios, who also, Rachel, worked on Natalie Erica James's Relic. You remember that movie with the haunted house um, sort of ghost yes. one? Yeah. Yes. I'm in therapy over it. Uh-huh. I'm aware. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a good one, but it'll emotionally wreck you. <laughs> it will wreck you. It will wreck you. <laughs> so they told him that Death Becomes Her was their inspiration for the practical effects in this one, which I think is kind of fun because that movie is so sort of yeah. over the top with the practical oh, effects. Oh, way over the top. <laughs> yeah. But they said that this guy, Larry, I'm just going to refer to him by his first name now, <laughs> that he's sort of... I feel like we're on a first name basis <laughs> right? now. Yeah. We're, not, we're there. We're there. He's apparently this amazing practical effects artist and they said that the kangaroo in the movie um, was actually something he had left over from an Australian TV show that he worked on that was like really po- really popular kids show and that when they did one of the scenes they called him an artist because they said he was painting with real maggots as he sort of put them over the body of this kangaroo. <laughs> Uh, wait 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 okay okay no I don't want to know keep going (laughs) (laughs) all right so as for what they're up to next unfortunately they haven't come out and talked about any specific project that they're working on but they did say in IF magazine that they want to try to top themselves with their next project by going wackier zanier gorier funnier and scarier while also delivering some social commentary so we'll okay. just have to keep an eye on them to see what they're up to next. That is I love totally that gory part. Yeah, Thing gory. Yeah, <laughs> I'm there. Whatever it is, yeah, I'm there. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, I like that there's like that four quadrant, you know, like Disney's movies all have to be like four quadrant, but there's like a version of that that's just for horror fans. And it's like social commentary, gory. Uh, we got to figure out what the other two are so we can find out which <laughs> movies are like four quadrant horror films. <laughs> but yeah, that sounds great. Awesome. Okay, great. Well, let's get into our thoughts about this movie. Um, let's start with our wonderful guests. Who would like to go first? Should we go alphabetical? Let's go alphabetical. Alma, um, you're on the spot. I love that. <laughs> first, I really thought the the main character, Cecilia, she was very it, she was very realistic to me. I I felt that a lot of times people often forget about the social influencers, the human person. Yeah. And right off the bat, they've established that this is just a, a persona that the the social influencer is a is is almost like a character that we're watching and that isn't the person that is inside and when we see her she's a very awkward person you mentioned the awkwardness of the other movie i wish i'd seen it because this awkwardness is like i don't want to look (laughs) i i'm cringing i want to look away from this human (laughs) why why are you doing this but we also get flashes that she was bullied and it kind of gives you that this is why she's kind of in her in her shell and she's inside of here because it's like her protective bubble this is where she's going to live and she's only going to give everybody else a little bit but she's also, um, because of that, is not is not a sociable person in real life. And that is how I feel. Sometimes, like, it's easy to do that, to just want to escape and not be real to other people and just be something that is protected and can't get hurt. And she's there because she's coming from something traumatic in her past. And I really, I just, I just found it so identifiable. Like, I just felt that in it. And that seems so realistic to me that it just seems like we all have that story too of doing something that's just completely either humiliating, embarrassing, something we regret that we are like that. Like, I think I don't, you know, I know I have some moments and as you think back on it, it's like, oh, how could I avoid ever doing that ever again? And this is this character for me. Yeah. <laughs> so Sissy, I just, I, I had tweeted the first time I saw it. I said, I kind of love Cecilia. Uh, let's see if we love her later. And that's really what, what, what my spoiler free review would be. <laughs> I mean, I'm so blown away by your empathy. I find it very inspiring. I will be less kind. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm like very impressed by it and moved by it. All right. How about you, Dahlia? What did you think? Well, so I really like, you know, how we were talking about social commentary and all that. I'm picking up on some of the themes that you were talking about. This person that she is online, the social influencer, uh, Sincerely Cecilia, is who she wants to be. It's not actually her because, you know, we do get that glimpse in the very first scene. You know, she's on and she's on. She's like she's doing it all and her fans are loving her. And then she gets off and then she walks out of that room and you see what her life is really like. I mean, like that sink full of dishes and she lets out her, you know, she blows out her tummy and, you know, pulls down her pants and she eats whatever the pizza, whatever she's eating. So Mm -hmm. that's who she wants to be. So, and that's who she aspires to be. And I think that's with a lot of like these help self-help gurus and everything. I, I'm kind of obsessed with kind of like this genre out there um, of seeing how 
these people when they get discovered that that's not them. It's like, it shouldn't really be that surprising that that person is not real. But for her fans, that is her. She, you know, helps them through this. She loves the adoration. You know, she's, she feeds off of the, the comments that, you know, we love you. Couldn't do this without you. Or I'm doing, you know, whatever that feeds her, but yet that's not really her. She's trying to be that person uh, to maybe run from a time in her life where she didn't feel loved and, and running from a mistake. So I really do like that we see kind of this, obviously in, a, in an extreme fashion, you know, we see this glimpse behind this, that person who you adore online. That's mm-hmm. not them. We shouldn't be idolizing these people. And, you know, maybe because this, you know, this is who they really are. You know, obviously, again, <laughs> right. very far-fetched version, but still, I mean, it's like, don't idolize these people because they're just like you, you know, they, they make mistakes. They have their problems, you know, and all this stuff. And, but that's, that's what I really liked about it. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. So I really liked this one too. I have to admit that when I put it on a couple of nights ago, I opened my phone while the movie was starting to respond to a comment on our Instagram for our podcast. Oh no! And while it was happening, I was like, "Oh, oh dear. <laughs> hey, am I doing what she's doing? This isn't good." <laughs> yeah, you feel very targeted in that moment. Very a little attacked. bit, a little bit, because every time she needs like you know some kind of like emotional regulation, she goes to her comments to read the positive ones, and I'm like. Is that what I was just doing? Oh, no. This isn't good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed this movie. You know, when it starts, it's this sort of, it has this kind of quiet, contemplative character study feel to it. And it, it does that, right? But it also does sort of a 180 at the 50 minute mark in this movie. And then you get comedy and you get gore, like a lot of gore. (laughs) And when I started it, I don't think I expected that because I went in pretty cold. All I had done was read the like little shutter description. And so when that happened, I was very excited. Not that I hadn't been enjoying the movie previously, but I was really excited when it took that turn and was able to surprise me that way. But I also think that what I really liked about it is how morally gray every single character in this movie is. You know, nobody is the good guy and the bad guy. They're all kind of both all the time, which is interesting. And, you know, I just, I guess the idea of having this type of movie set from the protagonist's perspective, where I think when you go in, you think this is going to be a straight kind of like revenge maybe story or something, but it really takes a different turn. And that Mm -hmm. I thought was really interesting and surprised me. Also, you know, there are these slapstick elements to it, to the kills, to the way things happen that almost (laughs) borders on like parody. It sort of reminded me a little bit just of like Tucker and Dale versus evil, you know, where it's verging on that type of parody with the kind of violence that you get in this, the slapsticky Mm -hmm. nature of it. And like you guys were saying, I think the way that it's critiquing our social media consumption and how that's affecting people personally and also sort of overall as a society is is interesting, especially when it's put in place in this movie that goes like balls to the walls at certain points, you know, a lot of it's really pretty too. you know, the way it's filmed and stuff. I, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, aesthetically, it is such a celebration of like feminists. 
which yeah. I think is interesting. And I always enjoy that. I feel like that's starting to kind of bleed into the horror genre in a way that I think is really interesting. I think maybe because I grew up on things like Heathers and Jawbreaker that were kind of horror adjacent, but had that like super high femme aesthetic. So anytime I see sparkles and blood, I'm like, right. Yes, <laughs> give it to me. Give it to me. Uh, yeah. This movie is the, is the very good version of the type of movie that I usually cannot watch, which is like your main character makes a series of bad decisions one after yeah. another and spirals further and further and usually that makes me so uncomfortable that I I cannot enjoy myself but this is the exception that makes the rule because I liked it the first time I watched it even though I was cringing and now that Muriel's wedding thing is like blowing my mind um, <laughs> and and the same thing was true this time nowhere it was going I remember when I first saw it the only thing I knew about it was the picture that they had posted and it's when she's crouched down appearing to be out in nature in like shorts and she's dirty and she has a phone and you're like oh she's getting stalked and murdered i know what this movie is about so nope. <laughs> to my surprise this is a bit of a slasher but not in the direction that you typically would assume i think this movie makes you uncomfortable with a purpose yeah. to me it felt like a pretty biting commentary about social media influencers specifically wellness social media influencers which i think we'll get into i also think it would make a fantastic double feature with bodies 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 Ooh, which yeah. i don't know if you guys have seen that yet but there's, oh it's fun you gotta watch it <laughs> there's some thematic crossover let's just say <laughs> without getting into spoiler territory i also think asia d is excellent in this it's her performance that is really holds this thing together yeah, absolutely. and if you're not on board with her you're not going to like this movie and I think she complicates your sympathies in a way that is necessary for you to be on board with this and it has one hell of an ending it so sure yeah does. I, <laughs> I like this one a lot I think it's Good. a challenging one but I liked it quite a bit all right so you now know what we think. You've heard all of our reviews across the board. You know what our lovely guests kinds of movies they like. So you know if you're going to agree with them. You have all the information you need. This is me vamping. Get out of here. We're getting into spoiler territory. <laughs> this one is spoilable, so you want to avoid it. So get out your phone, hit the old pause button, put it back in your pocket, go to shutter, watch it, come back. All right, that's enough time. Let's get into this. Synopsis. This will have spoilers in it. All right, Cecilia is living the dream influencer life. Or at least that's what it seems when we first meet her. She has over 200,000 followers who are, you know, obsessed with her wellness brand. And she is just kind of this ray of very Gen Z positivity, that particular brand. <laughs> I say this as a hateful Gen Xer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but we learn pretty quickly that a lot of this is a facade, that off camera, her life is very different. It seems very lonely and very gray, but that kind of seems like it's going to take a turn when she accidentally runs into an old childhood friend, Emma, who is about to set off on her hen weekend before getting married. And she invites Cecilia, aka Sissy, along. Everything is great at first. She's getting along with the friends. She's getting along with the fiance. Maybe this thing that she's been craving, that she's been fulfilling this hole in herself with social media is finally happening until they reach the house where they're going to be spending the weekend. And it is owned by Alex, who is a woman who uh, does not seem especially happy to see Cecilia. <laughs> and very quickly, Sissy, the cracks continue to form in Sissy's facade. And we start to learn about a very violent 
violent incident that happened in her past. It comes back to haunt her. And as a result, she will do pretty much anything to make sure to protect this very carefully crafted persona of Cecilia and the online life she has created up to and including murder. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that's I'm gonna that's as far as I'm gonna take it. Although, don't be afraid to go into spoilers because this is a spoiler zone. So I'm gonna circle back, Alma. Once again, we are now in the spoiler zone. Unleash. Let us know what you really think. Okay, I am still team <laughs> Cecilia. <laughs> we live for I, loyalty. loyalty. I don't feel I don't feel bad about it at good, all. Um, <laughs> well, he, here's the thing. I the we, we we find out that she was bullied, yes. And I love that um I can't remember who who said it a minute ago about the their gray characters, like they're in the mm-hmm. they're, they're yeah. not good or bad. Mm-hmm. And the other people at the head party, they're not very established characters. We're not getting a lot of background in them, but you are getting the vibe that that her ex best friend here, Emma. I don't think she was a good person <laughs> from, from the beginning. It's like you question, was she really her friend because she did enjoy being with her or was this like a secret friend that she was embarrassed of? Yeah. Because the, the, the big moment, the big moment where it kind of like broke their friendship off was that um, Emma didn't invite her to her birthday party, but she did have these other friends that were coming who were bullies. So isn't, Emma, therefore, a bully if she does nothing to help the situation. This is supposed to be her best friend. If she is embarrassed of her, she's, she, you know, she's a sh- shitty person. So she has this idealized version of Emma in her mind. And we see her in this moment when she's kind of, she, she digs up the box and everything, the time capsule, and she's watching these videos. And it's like, you've already taken this a little too far. It's she's looking through all her pictures and and she's becoming re infatuated with this best friend scenario that maybe wasn't as idealistic as she remembers. Is this just some like fantastical version of uh, what she remembered? And she wants to bring that back. But it to me, it became scary right away. I know I'm saying being very fun about it because, you know. This is a horror movie and it gets really, <laughs> really over the top. But I found her to get immediately like right in the scary zone. It was, mm-hmm. you've taken this a little too far. You look like a, like you're stalking her now. Yeah. And, and everything that she did to try to keep herself from um, being this person this bad person that she didn't want to be is she never did anything to stop it. She's just kind of ignored it. She's ignored this situation where she was trying to tell herself uh, it's not my fault. But the thing is she never took any responsibility for any of it. Mm -hmm. And nor she's, she's addressed it. She's just kind of hiding in a separate little world where she hopes that she never has to interact with any of those things ever again. And mm-hmm. so therefore I do, I do feel like I am team Cecilia because I do empathize greatly with her for being bullied the way she was. They made fun of her to the point where they were making fun of her nickname. It's sissy. Sissy is a sissy. And mm-hmm. so you expect somebody to lash out eventually if you are bullying them, if you're picking on them, but everyone she was around was doing it. And, and this best friend that she wants to be with so bad did nothing about it. So I just think that they're just a group of really crappy people and 
maybe they deserve everything that's coming. That's- <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think you're, I think you're right. I also sympathized with Cecilia a lot about her childhood. Now, what she's doing in her adult life, I, I disagree with pretty strongly, like her role as a social media influencer, uh, especially this sort of mental health advocate that she claims to be when she's really just making money off of people, selling them bullshit, you know, when people are, are vulnerable and reaching out because they're going through some kind of mental health crisis, like it's super crappy, right? But you, I still found myself feeling for her because of what happened to her and her childhood. And so along the way, as things are happening, I was like, oh, no, don't do that. You're going to get caught. Or, oh, please don't get caught, you know? <laughs> because even though I think she's kind of a crappy person, I still was sort of rooting for her. And part of that, I think, is just because she's our window into this whole world, right? She's the protagonist. We follow her throughout the whole film. But I also think you're right that it's the bullying stuff, like, pulls at your heartstrings. And everybody else is kind of an asshole, too, right? They're all kind of jerks and oh my gosh I'm so sorry to interrupt myself but I thought those were stuffed animals on your bed and I just realized they were dogs (laughs) oh no those yes I've been enjoying (laughs) them this whole time (laughs) so cute but anyways I just because like Alex right the girl that she you know that was the bully right she is a jerk and but she also has very real reasons for not wanting Cecilia around she's a jerk about it but when you realize what actually happened with the the shovel you're like oh wow okay I kind of get it like that's pretty intense you know at first you think she's overreacting but like maybe not on the other hand she's this mean rich girl right she's a mean girl and she did shitty things and I think you can see that with Emma too she was a jerk when they were kids just like Alma was saying and she's kind of rude in certain moments as an adult but she also in the scenes when they're at that house does try to fight for her friend too to like stick up for Cecilia And so it's that thing where you kind of go back and forth with each character because none of them are great people, but also they sort of have good qualities too. I I think that makes the movie more interesting. Mm -hmm. How about you, Dahlia? So uh, you're going to hear my dogs in the background because my it's totally so fine. <laughs> the only but, problem uh, is your dogs are so cute. I'm like, oh. yes, yes, you're talking, but dog, dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so I agree with a lot with what y'all are saying. So I did empathize with Cecilia a lot. However, there's a couple of, of points where I'm as we're going along in the movie. Yes, I, I'm empathizing with her. I'm like, yeah, you know. Girl Alex, is that her name? I can't remember what her name was. Mm -hmm. But then we start seeing, you know, more of what actually happened. And it's like, okay, did she actually get bullied? (laughs) I mean, like, we see one incident. We see one incident. Now, I'm not not saying that what Alex, that Alex wasn't rude or that the other girls, you know, teasing her were not. But this is one incident we see. So if there was just one incident, was it really okay for her to react and lash out the way she did? It sucks being called a name, having your own name used against you like that. Yes, absolutely. But getting hacked in the face, I mean, I think Alex had reason to not, you know, like her and to be right. bitchy towards her when she saw her <laughs> yeah. at the at the party or at the weekend. It's her house. Mm-hmm. And she, in her eyes, I, I did she need to take ownership of what, precipitated the matter yes but she was also a kid and I always say when when you're a kid and you do shitty things you're redeemable somehow you, there's you do yeah. have a chance to redeem yourself because you're still learning you're still growing so I'm going to give Alex the benefit of the doubt that she from that incident grew 
because all we see is that one little snippet of her being a bitch, basically. And then <laughs> as an adult reacting to seeing someone who slashed her face open, because that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody else, you know, they're, they're getting they're getting the one side of the story, too, also as well. Um, one thing that I did like about Alma, you said that Emma is kind of a shitty friend. Um, I see her a little bit different. Her fiance, Fran, was that her name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think hit it on the nail. Emma's a people pleaser. So I think she didn't invite Cecilia to her birthday party when she was turning 13 because, you know, she's hanging out with Alex. Alex is like, oh, don't invite her probably, you know. So, oh, okay, I won't invite her. And then when she's confronted with it by Cecilia, she's like, oh, I didn't think you'd come. So she's trying to waffle out of it, you know. I think she is a people pleaser. You see her sitting there kind of, this is her weekend and she's just doing what everybody else wants to do. You know, whether it's down at the, you know, at the water and it's, you know, watching what they're watching on TV even. It just, everything seems to be suggested by other people to do. And then she'll just kind of like go along for the ride. So I think her fiance said it perfectly. She's a people pleaser. So maybe she did want to end the relationship or the friendship with Cecilia earlier, but didn't have the guts to do it. Alex kind of helped that along, but then Alex was kind of a, you know, a bully too. And so I think she just kind of goes along for the ride. And and I think Fran was the perfect person to show us that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's kind of her personality. She just goes along with what everyone else around her is saying, but I don't necessarily, and, and I, I do, I, like I said, I empathized with, with Cecilia, but I don't necessarily think that she was 100% in the right. <laughs> Not full on Team Cecilia. Not full on to, yeah, no, because I mean, I always joke, I always joke, me and Alma have this thing. It's like, oh, they're fake people. It's a horror movie. I can say someone looking at me, looking at that person funny deserves to die in a horror movie. Not yeah. in real life, obviously, but in a horror oh. movie. So even this one had me kind of like, I don't know. I don't yeah. think so. Because again, Alex had every right to be pissed off that Cecilia showed up at her house after getting her face slashed open. I'm sorry. And, you know, that's just, <laughs> it's my house. It, you I know, think it may not be my party, have, but it's my house. <laughs> she should have been angry with Emma because who invites somebody to your house without asking you permission? That's a very good point. Was a really strange thing to do. Yeah, that is surprise her with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look who's here. No introduction, nothing. And it was very bizarre. It was very bizarre. That's why I thought yeah. Emma was an awkward person as well that's probably why they were friends the cringe were in this movie uh-huh. oh my god i could I, Alma knows, I i have so much i cannot do cringe even <laughs> when i know it's pretend it's so hard for me in this movie just that mm-hmm. i think that added to the um the the movie like how it made me feel because when you can add that in a way that still makes me want to keep watching it adds to the whole mood of, of the movie. And I think this did it perfectly. It's just the whole movie was like, no, no. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there are yeah. a lot of uncomfortable moments in this one. Oh, yes. I So I feel, I don't know if I'm just cold hearted, but I am not team Cecilia. I'm, I like Cecilia as a villain. Yeah. But I don't a have a ton of empathy. And that's fine. Like, I can get on board with a villain as a villain. I think that the movie does a very good job of a head fake where it introduces us to her and engenders a ton of sympathy. Because when you see 
her life is pretty sad and lonely. And you, you know, like when I watch catfish and you see the people who are catfishing, you're like, oh, this is a sad person. So even though what they did is wrong, I feel a lot of empathy for them. And I think that this movie does that to a particular effect because then it allows you to be introduced to characters like Alex and still be on Cecilia's side only to discover that she not only slashed her face, which is really bad as a kid, but she, in that moment, there are scenes where she's like, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. When it's happened that are mirrored in her as an adult, as she starts picking people off, which shows you not a lot of growth with Cecilia. Great (laughs) villain, but also a villain. I appreciated that it took something. I feel like we all have experienced the the kind of bullying that happens in this, which is the very like femme girl exclusion bullying. And so it like added stakes to what I think typically gets is sort of dismissed, but is actually deeply harmful when you're a kid. I mean, like if you've ever been a an elementary school girl who's in a group of three friends you know this dynamic and it is yeah rough 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 but what i think i liked most about this was the way that it sort of plays with slasher tropes and the way that it kind of conflates the mass social media influencers wear with the mass that a slasher oh, wears yeah good point and you know both when triggered in this case can be very deadly <laughs> yeah. it's kind of a fun twist on that subgenre um oh and, and I, she I even think... wears that face mask during one of the kills too yeah <laughs> good call oh. the elon the elon mask yes this movie is great. funny it mm-hmm. has some great writing it's a great dark comedy and also like i said like a little bit of a reverse slasher that i thought was really interesting i think You know, we're starting to see more of these sort of social media influencer-based horror films. I was thinking of New Year, New You was one. Oh, uh-huh. Yep. There's there's been a handful of them. And and I do think that there is is tension between who we are in reality and who we present ourselves to be online that is kind of rife for this kind of, you know, for horror. And I think this does a really good job of mining it. I don't know. I love the gore. There's some really excellent gore in this. I think I love the juxtaposition of the like smashed in faces and bubblegum sort of cottage core aesthetics, the very soft pastels and girly sort of aesthetics with the with that devolves into the gruesomeness. I don't know. Yeah. I I mean, when when Alex comes in and she thinks that Emma is Cecilia on the ground and she just smashes her face in over and over again. That's a pretty great scene. I mean, there are some really good practical effects there. And I mean, when the head gets run over by the car. Oh, I love that scene. Yeah. I, I mean, love it, that scene. it's it's so good because I think when when Fran wakes up or not when Cecilia wakes up in the car, right? Because they've gotten in a car accident. Mm-hmm. And she she wakes up and you see that Fran's seat is empty. I was thinking, oh, Fran got out and she's going to have to chase her. Maybe Fran's going to get away. And then when you realize that she's out on the pavement because she's been thrown from the car and you all of a sudden are like have that flashback to the kangaroo scene at the beginning. And you're like, oh, shit, I know what's about to happen. But it's so good. It's it's a good callback. And ooh, that head smash again. Very effective. Yes. (laughs) What was she repeating to herself? What they said at the beginning, we need to put it out of its misery or Mm -hmm. um, 
this is it's the humane thing to do right is yeah what the humane Brad thing was to trying do. to tell <laughs> yeah. him we need we need to we need to kill the 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 kangaroo because it's in so much pain and when she's walking mm-hmm. and they did that it was it was i think just so, so smart because you didn't think they're going to show something like that yeah but you see where she's gone there's no turning back there isn't from that no. moment she's not convincing herself that she's going to do what she's going to do. She's already decided right. what she's going to do. And she's going to erase those things that are in the way. And that's why you saw that she was already doing too much in the beginning, the way she was obsessively looking at their photos and acting as if she's already in her Emma's life again. And this is her life, but it wasn't. And these other people, they decided that they were like, um, they even said she was canceled. They weren't going to let her in. So at that point, you're like, she isn't going to be part of this friend group. And the only way she's going to be part of it is if she removes everybody else from. <laughs> Takes out right. the whole group. <laughs> right. Mm. As I, I know I said this would be a good double feature with bodies, 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 but I have an alternate. If, oh, if okay. That's, if that's too much Gen Z in one night. I would also pair this movie with Pearl. Have you guys seen Pearl yet? I have not seen that yet. I have not. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not well, then yet. I, well, then never mind. <laughs> no, that's, that, that, all that tells I'm me is tomorrow too. I have to watch these two movies. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. I, I mean, mm-hmm. and I'm dying to because I love X so much. And uh, it's a too. very different film from X. Just to be uh, clear, I, it is very different. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think it's good, though. It's good, but it, it has a little bit of this sort of unreliable narrator even to yourself what I like about this I think what works for me so well is kind of the way we we watch her rewrite her narrative in real life and the way she reinforces that through social media and I mean I think that's low-hanging fruit to go after social media right unless you do it well and in this case like when we see her retreat to the room it's almost like um what what is the one the double sided dildo movie? What <laughs> you know? What I'm talking about you. you know uh, what I'm talking for a dream. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew Dolly. But like we see those the pupil yeah. dilation like yeah. in Requiem for right, a Dream, yeah. the sort right. of like dopamine mm-hmm. rush that mm-hmm. she gets from it. And I I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. She even makes a, a video in the forest after she's buried Alex, right? And she's made this like yes. beautiful grave. And then she makes this video about being Zen or something. And that it's just is like unhinged whoa. right there. That's when you knew right there. Yes. You should have, if you didn't think she was going to continue, that's where it should have been like, yeah, she doesn't care about anybody else. She just no. cares about herself. A clue in the beginning when she's in the pharmacy or wherever mm-hmm. she's at. And she bumps mm. into the pregnant woman. Yes. <laughs> she makes her spill. And then again, she almost runs over the pregnant woman. She's so self-absorbed. She's just, mm. she's a one track mind person. Right. She's just doing whatever. I mean, yeah, I get it. You know, uh, you see people and, 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 you know, that you haven't seen in a long time, whatever. But it just, I think it was already setting up that she mm-hmm. doesn't really care about anyone else around her. It's her just her, whatever's on her mind, she's going to go forward. And, and that's why that character was pregnant because she doesn't even give a crap about a pregnant woman <laughs> knocking nope. her over. She's nope. just like, I'm just pregnant here or whatever she says. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's so funny. It's like, yeah. And, and she's supposed to be our, in the beginning who we thought we were 
cheering on. And it's like, but she doesn't even really pay attention to what's going on around her. Just no. whatever, you know, whatever she's involved in. It's just, I don't know. I just thought that was funny. She's incredibly impulsive. And then, but then we'll like clean it up. Like when she pushes Jamie off the cliff. Ooh, oh yes. My God. <laughs> and see, that, that tumble, when you mentioned the, um, the Dale and Tucker versus Evil's, I have, what is it called? Yeah. That was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so comical. I actually rewound it a little bit. Uh-huh. <laughs> he really, I thought I was, I, I was like, they did, did he just tumble off the way? And I'm like, is that his body? Oh, yes. And I like yep. skip back a little bit and I'm like, there's actually the tree is all boing 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 (laughs) to the other i get a cartoon it was it was great it was shocking and brutal and also just hilarious like i was shocked the first time i saw it but also was laughing at and also was horrified i don't normally get all three at once yeah and then they show you his full like crumpled up you know body and all these like where his legs are broken and everything you're like oh I actually, I really liked the way they handled the Jamie character and having disability in this movie because a lot of times in horror, it's not good, right? <laughs> it's, it's never, it's, not good. it's never done well. But I feel like here, even though we don't know the, the whole backstory for all of the side characters, he feels like a fully realized character who's very integrated into the fen- friend group and there's complexity there, like all the other ones. He's morally gray too, right? I mean, he's he's correct about Cecilia and her job and how that takes advantage of people, but he's also kind of a jerk too, right? So he's not good or bad yeah. either. He's, you know, he's he's just as morally gray and then i also like that his mobility device his crutches are used in the plot in a way that's connected to his character and doesn't dehumanize him at all because so often that is what happens in a horror movie and i feel like this one actually did it pretty well which is impressive because (laughs) it's few and far between in the horror genre that is true. That is true. (laughs) i mean i will say that this does a very good job of presenting like a very realistically diverse group of friends it doesn't feel like you know what i'm talking about like let's go back to even just return of the living dead those people are not friends you know what i mean right i always wondered that it's like how are they friends they're not (laughs) friends tell me me how they're friends please it's like (laughs) they grew up together that had to be the only thing because uh, (laughs) there was no way they were really friends but yeah it doesn't feel forced it feels like a real friend group yeah so yeah i totally i totally get that they were very diverse the fact that he's also the only male character didn't feel kind of like just thrust upon us. It, it looks like, you know, maybe there were a couple of them were co-workers. They were best friends. And he just kind of went in with the group. I and mean, you could kind of make up your own backstory of how they were all friends to begin with. And yeah, it doesn't feel forced at all. It feels like a real friend group. I do like that. Um, I was afraid when he was running away from Cecilia that his disability was going to be the reason he fell behind or something. And I like that they didn't do that. And it all, uh, they didn't make it comical. It was yeah, just, you exactly. know, this person who had been using this uh, mobility device was able, you know, the, it, it's a part, it's a part of him. It is, it's his, it's his uh, legs and he's able to get away with her with easy. Cause that is, is how he moves around. And it wasn't a comical piece in it. Like he, she didn't use it against him. Sometimes we see them, dumped out of a wheelchair or something and it's just like it makes you kind of like no it was just him 
And at the edge of that cliff, I was, I was a little scared there. Like, what are they going to do? But I think they were able to kill him off as the character <laughs> without making it be like, oh, and she used that against him or yeah. whatever. It was, I, yeah. I thought it was well done as well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was like it's incidental to his character as opposed to the butt of the joke. Like, I mean, I think we all remember Franklin from TCM. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Great. Well, I know we're getting to the end. We've, you've been so generous your time and I, I could sit here and talk to you forever, but is there any other things you guys definitely wanted to touch on? Maybe things, other things you loved, but also maybe something that didn't work, whatever the case may be. Any other thoughts about our girl, Sissy? Did you did you already create the the fan club Alma? Keeps to see I have shirts. Actually, one of the things about it it was it was a little surprising to myself that I did enjoy the movie so much because a lot of times I have complaints to make about movies that make the anti-hero the hero. Mm-hmm. Right. It just gets a little old and I'm also never really rooting for somebody who is really terrible to be the winner at the winner <laughs> at the end, but I wasn't for her just getting away with everything. I honestly wished it had just stopped at some point, but it just kept seeming to be some cascade of bad decision <laughs> after horrible event. And it just was worse. You know, every few minutes it was like, they're not done yet. Okay. All right. And I just wished it had just stopped. Like, you know, I was just watching this horrible thing happen and unfold. And so I was hoping that she didn't get killed. I was hoping that she wouldn't die, that she wasn't going to end up getting killed, especially by Alex. I really thought that she was going to get her. And so the fact that it ended up being Emma that she thought was sissy was uh, such a shocker to me. Yeah. But we just, uh, it was, it was like, wow. And the fact that she gets to just go on is kind of infuriating. <laughs> yeah, but, no, it is. Yeah, I can I can understand if you're going to survive a situation, but then she's actually at the end just profiting off of it to like the survivor and blah, blah, blah. Oh, and yeah. it's just like, hmm. Um, yeah, that is probably the most messed up thing uh, they could have written. Right, it just, it right. Was, Definitely the worst possible scenario was her being able to be where she is at the end. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, she really becomes like, like you guys were saying, the slasher movie villain. But in the end, she gets to paint herself as the final girl. You know, yeah, she's not. <laughs> nope. But I, I think the reason it does. I mean, I totally agree. It's like mm-hmm. the it's the grimmest ending that you if you could pick an ending, this is the darkest one. But what I appreciate about it is a lot of times when they have your anti-hero is the hero, the movie is not that critical about them. It's not, it doesn't seem to understand that the anti-hero is not actually a hero and is not necessarily aspirational. I feel like you come away from this, even though she survives, is it's still continuing to critique this particular culture in a way that even if narratively we didn't get the ending we want sort of thematically we do if that helps at all i don't know does that resonate for you guys yeah, or am yeah, i yes. as usual living up my own butt <laughs> no. No, no. no 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 it definitely i tell totally you because with that. she's a horrible person and everything is hanging out at the end like yeah. everything we, we've seen everything so 
Yeah. Yes, it does. It does that in a in a in a great way because we're seeing it. There's no denying it. Mm-hmm. It's only her kind of living in her fantasy mm-hmm. that yeah. she isn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And does she really win when her life is still just a it just artifice? Yeah. It's like, I would say no. She probably feels that she is winning. Um, <laughs> and I, again, I just coming back to the commentary on the whole social media influencer thing and going back to their conversation when they were sitting, um, having dinner, you know, you know, she's, she's really praising herself when, oh God, I forget his name. I'm sorry. I'm horrible Jamie. with names. J- uh, Jamie, when he's talking about how at first he's all like, oh my God, you know, like she, you know, you have to over 200,000 followers. And then when he starts critiquing, oh, we're like, wait a minute. And then we have Fran there who's actually working on a psychology degree. And that's, that's the only time that she just kind of, you know, goes back a little bit on what she was, cause she was loving the fact that they were like impressed by her. Yeah. Oh, oh all yeah. your followers, you worked with this person and blah, blah, blah. And how much money do you make? She loved that. So when it came full circle at the end, and and she was still able to be the person that is being like adored. And now she has a book which legitimizes her more. Yep. Mm-hmm. She has this experience again that adds to her story. And now it's like, yeah, these are the people that you see. Like I said, I, I, in the beginning, and it's like I'm kind of obsessed with seeing these self help gurus that you know are just problematic, and you like you look at them and you know, and you just want other people to realize it. That's what's happening here. You yeah. know, she's extremely problematic. We see it. And it's like, even though it's just a movie, you want everybody who's buying that book or whatever to see it as well, because it's just, I just, I hope that people see this and really start to think a little bit more because it is, it's not, just problematic in that, oh, I spent some money on a book or a get a, a weekend getaway or whatever, their conference or whatever. These people do not have any type of training or anything yeah. to be helping you with a real education, real certification. I, yeah, ed, education, college degrees aren't everything. But when we're talking about something like mental health and things like that, I want somebody who's actually knows what they're talking about and not just someone it's who is going yeah. completely off of their own feelings especially when they haven't worked out their own shit. <laughs> right. And yeah. so that's the thing is, that's complete... the last person I want advice <laughs> yeah. from. Because like you, like you were saying, Alma, it's just an artifice. She doesn't even know who she is. She hasn't dealt with any of her own past garbage at all. And yet she's giving all this advice. I mean, even down to her pink hair and the car that she drives, when they, when she watches the video, you realize that that's what Emma wanted to be when she grew up. She wanted to have an old yellow car and she wanted to have pink hair. And that's exactly what Cecilia does. And you're like, oh, she has no idea who she is as a person. No. Yeah. No, she does not. <laughs> it's a, Yeah. This movie actually, it's, it's fun and it's kind of fluffy and bright and pink mm-hmm. and pastel, but actually has some real shit to say, which is yeah. my favorite combo. Yeah. Agreed. Awesome. All right. Any other final thoughts before we give our recommendations? My only con, because <laughs> you know oh, I always have to have one. Here we Rachel. go. Here we go. <laughs> I love all the practical effects. The CGI was not great with like the kangaroo in the beginning or the CGI blood at the end. But that's it. That's that's my only complaint about it. Hmm. I didn't see the. You know me. I didn't see the. Kangaroo. You looked away. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah. I did. You can do anything to the human body. And I'm like, yeah. But like you give a dog a splinter. And I'm like this. I have never been more offended. Same. That's Dahlia. That's Dahlia. You know, you know the website? Uh, does the dog die? Oh, yeah. we are frequent mm-hmm. visitors. Yep. <laughs> oh, yes. That is like the closest I come to religion is like I, <laughs> is going to that site. That is the ritual for every movie that I watch. Yeah. When I watched Prey and I like was like, oh, no, the dog. And then there was just like the list. I was like. Oh, no. I'm going to have a bad time. (laughs) Fortunately, I had a really good time. All right. Awesome. So let's give our recommendations, starting with our wonderful, brilliant, hilarious, charming guests. Alma, would you recommend Sissy? Uh, Yes, definitely. It is a must watch. I'm just going to keep on telling everybody they need to watch it. (laughs) I'll even set the mood for them. You know, I'm like, picture Uh it. Okay. (laughs) Go ahead and get yourself some popcorn, you know, relax at the end of a long day. (laughs) You've had too much of the world. Okay. (laughs) Sit down, turn on shutter, put this movie on. (laughs) I love it. I love it. How about you, Dahlia? Absolutely. And I will say that even though we mentioned many times awkward moments and cringe, and I have a real hard time with awkward and cringe, power through it. Because I I, I feel like there's so much going on in this movie that you're going to be able to get your little rest from the awkward and the cringe to be able to enjoy it at the end completely. I I think it's great for all the reasons that we discussed. But um, yeah, I I definitely recommend this movie. Excellent. All right, Ariel. Would you recommend or was the CG a deal killer? (laughs) No, of course not. This movie is great. I would say definitely watch it. You know, like Dahlia was just saying, there are cringy moments, but they're there for a purpose. And I feel like you can get through it to the next one, next moment. And the next moment's going to be either funny or like really gory and you're going to have a good time. So, yeah, I would definitely say watch it. Excellent. Okay. Yeah, me too. Me too. Normally, this is not like I would struggle because the cringe is so high, but because I think that there is purpose to the cringe. It adds value to what the film is trying to say. And there are some laugh out loud moments and some wildly gory moments that I think this, if we're doing the quadrants, this hits at least three. It hits at least three. So yes, easy recommend for me. Oh, just one All more, right. one more thing. In the in the pharmacy scene at the beginning, did you guys notice that the tampons were called bloody brilliant tampons? Oh, sorry. Oh, I did not. Yeah, no, I did that. <laughs> that should be a thing, right? Brilliant. brilliant. All right, we're Love going. That. The four of us are going into business, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, awesome. So that is it for our review of Sissy. If you guys had a differing opinion, please do let us know. Or if you want to cheer us on, or you just want to tell us how amazing our guests have been today please, please do get in touch. You can drop us a line at rachel at zombiegirls.com. Chat with us on the Zombie Girls Facebook page. You can slide into the DMs at ZG Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. But more importantly, let's get in some more plugs for our amazing guests. Can you please, please let us know where we can find your show, you guys on social media, where they should follow, like, subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, thank you. Uh, you can go to our website, nightmaremoviepodcast.com. Our Instagram has the same handle at nightmaremoviepodcast. Our Twitter is at nightmare on fifth. That's nightmare on five th. Everybody subscribe. The show is fantastic. You're going to have a great, great time. <laughs>
thank you so much to our amazing guests. We thank hope you. that this is just Thanks the beginning. So much. And you will come back and visit us again because Yay. we had so much fun. Doing <laughs> thank today. you so much. <laughs> thank you fun. so much Thanks. for reaching out to us. I had a great time listening to y'all earlier last week to where I was like, I'm going to get to talk with them. Oh, this is, I get so excited <laughs> to meet somebody that I listen to your podcast and we'll just laugh along. And it's, it's just like now it's like, we've already met. And now we can <laughs> be like, well, when we were on the podcast. <laughs> oh, yes. But seriously, anytime you'd like to come back, you are more than welcome. And we would be delighted to host you. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Ariel, why don't you go ahead and take us out? All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the More Deadly Podcast. We hope you liked our review of Sissy. And thank you so much to Dahlia and Alma from Nightmare on Fifth Street for joining us. This was amazing. And we'll be back here in a couple of weeks with our next episode. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thanks to everyone for listening. And thanks to my co-host, Ariel, who's always willing to come on here and geek out about horror with me. And finally, thanks to the women who make the horror films we love so much. Production of this episode was done by yours truly. Editing was done by Ariel Missman Rucker. And our theme song, More Deadly, was by Elizabeth Kyle and Eric Newell. Hello, everyone, and welcome to more Deadly After Dark. Joining me is my lovely co-host, Ariel. Ariel, how are you doing? I'm doing good. That, yeah, was, that was so really much fun. fun. I know. That was so much fun. <laughs> I, I mean, we've had some amazing guests on, but it's always so much fun when you have people on and you just like instantly vibe and you instantly have that like friend connection. And I really felt that with Dolly and Alma. I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah, I related to. We got a chance to chat with them a little bit before we even started recording, mm-hmm. and I, I felt that like right off the bat, they seem very cool, and uh, and just having like sisters doing a podcast, I like their I energy know. together. <laughs> as someone with a fraught relationship with my sister, I as I was watching their dynamic, I was like, don't cry, Aww. don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really sweet. They're they're so cute, and I love how they like tease each other. Like you feel that. You feel that connection that they have. It's yeah. really nice. Yeah. In one of their episodes, I can't remember which one, but they were talking about how they were, I think they were both born at home, but like two of their other siblings were born in the hospital. And oh, so geez. they like tease them about being like the Richie Rich kids that were born in the hospital, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is hilarious and has never occurred to me, which I should do to my older siblings who were born in hospitals. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you could also do like a switched at birth thing. Like, you know, that doesn't happen in a home birth. That's true. Are you sure? (laughs) Are you sure? See, if I had known that, I would have made you trot out the story about the the home birth pool. That's like one of my favorite (laughs) stories ever. I'm trying to remember who I most recently told that story to. And they were dying, (laughs) dying over it because it's amazing. It is pretty funny. Yeah. But yeah, that was fun. I also love, I always, you know, you never know what people are going to say when you say like, what's your favorite horror film? And I was very surprised. (laughs) They trotted out some ones that I was not expecting. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But I guess that's why we asked the question, right? Because it does give you that baseline. Like if you're like, oh, yeah. a lot of information about somebody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My problem always when people ask me that question, though, I just like go blank and I'm like, what is a movie? Right. I'm just like, alien and aliens. (laughs) Those are my favorites. (laughs) 
<laughs> Those are the only movies I know. No follow-up <laughs> questions, please. <laughs> I have that same problem. I forget the name of movies. I can't think of a single director's name, actor. It's all gone. How do we, I need to figure out how to overcome that? Because there, yeah. people Can are going to me? ask you questions in life. Right? They're just making conversation. Like, how do you make your brain not go into, like, it, it's like my brain goes into fight or flight, but it's like the third one, which is just like freeze. Deer, my, <laughs> yes. I just deer in the headlights over the stupidest, <laughs> like, non-consequential things. Like, just favorite movie. So now I just haven't, I mean, it is my favorite movie, but I've got it, like, locked in. That is, <laughs> you can never forget. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But there's got to be some way to make my brain work. I just hate when people also have, even if you can't come up with the answer, if they have like follow-up questions, but your brain is so blank that even though you know <sighs> the answer to these like random trivia things, you yes. cannot come up with it, you know? Like I have Ugh. band teachers t-shirts from concerts that like I don't wear because I'm always afraid somebody will ask me questions and I won't be able to think of anything, you know? <sighs> like who? Name what band? Well, <laughs> I'm a monster. I'm a terrible friend. You're the worst friend ever. <laughs> I know. I'm working on it. I'm a work in progress. I can't help that I'm such a troll. You oh. are. Oh my goodness. But um, I can't remember who said it. If it was Dahlia, I think it was Dahlia who said that her favorite, one of her favorite movies was Devil's Rejects. And I was just like, that wouldn't have yes. occurred to me, right? Right. So it tells That's you what a I lot mean. about somebody, about what their tastes are like. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I contend that that is a free bird issue, not a, not a, like, I think everybody gets sucked into the free bird of it all. <laughs> but I'm a hater, yeah. so don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> that was a movie I saw in the theater with my dad. And there, and the theater was totally empty except for a family that sat in front you of us. You saw that with your dad? You I did. I didn't know. I had never seen a Rob Zombie movie before. That was the first oh, one I ever oh, watched. Oh, you just so I did not know what I was the shit in. out of that. Yeah, I had no idea what I was getting in for. And then, so that family... opening scene where the clown is like having sex with the, uh-huh. the sex worker, then right next like... to my dad. Yep. Oh, Ariel! No. <laughs> Yeah, I told you I watched Hellraiser for the first time when I was like 14 with my dad. No, no.